السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى وسلام وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد respected brothers and brothers and sisters viewing from their homes we will continue with the third chapter of this book compiled by Imam al-Zahabi rahmatullah alayhi uh, one of the great scholars of this ummah and he uh, compiled this book with the intention of explaining from Quran and from the Sunnah of Rasulullah uh, and listing the major sins because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises that if we avoid major sins then he will forgive our minor sins so two things, we have commands of Allah and we have prohibitions. In the commands, there is things that are obligated and there are things that are recommended. If you do the obligation, even if you fail to do the recommended acts, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you the reward. Yes, you are encouraged to do the recommended acts. But if you do not wish to do them, then it is fine. Like the Arabi, the Bedouin who came to Rasulullah and said, Ya Rasulullah, what has Allah sent you with? He said, well, you believe in Allah Azza wa What do I have to do? Pray five times. He said, anything else? He said, no, unless you want to voluntarily do additional acts. He said, what else? He said, fasting the month of Ramadan. Should I give, should I fast more? He said, no, only voluntarily if you wish to do that. Also about zakah. And the man turned away saying what? I swear by Allah, I will not add anything to this, meaning to the obligations. So Rasulullah said that if this person is truthful, then he will be successful on the Day of Judgment. So that, that is the command. And then the prohibitions, there is major sin, there is minor sin. Major prohibitions, minor prohibitions. And this is from the Quran. Allah says, إِن تَجْتَنِبُوا كَبَائِرَ مَا تُنْهَوْنَ عَنْهُ If you avoid and refrain from committing the major prohibitions, نُكَفِّرْ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ we will forgive and expiate your sins, meaning your minor sins. We will grant you an honorable entry, meaning into paradise. So he listed uh, 70, we said there's going to be 70 chapters. Um, we are in uh, chapter number three. The first one was shirk, the greatest sin. And we uh, did shirk over two sessions. One was the major shirk. When you associate a partner to Allah or worship anything other than Allah or deny Allah completely, this is all shirk. Then the second one was? Uh, that, yes, that was the, the second category of shirk was riya, which is a lesser uh, um, sort of uh, sin than uh, the person who commits the major shirk enters hellfire eternally. The person who commits riya will not be in hellfire eternally. They are punishable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. Then the second chapter was murder. We talked about the value or the sacredness of life in Islam and we said um, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, has made forbidden the killing of another believer but that is not only another and we talked in some detail about uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about uh, what is known today as uh, you know accidental uh, death, right? If a person causes uh, the death of a, a believer causes the death of another believer, but 
unintentional, then there are what? Rulings about that. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَنْ يَقْتُلْ مُؤْمِنًا مُتَعَمِّدًا And the one who kills a believer intentionally, فَجَزَاؤُهُ جَهَنَّمُ خَالِدًا فِيهَا That person will be in hellfire. Either eternally, if they have gone to the level of kufr, or for a very long time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So the third one is sihr. Sihr. What do, I, what do we know about sihr? I will ask you, what do we know about sihr? Anyone? When we hear sihr, what do you think? What comes to mind? So that I, can, I know what you know and then we build on that inshallah. Out of balance. It causes people to be out of balance. Caused by jealousy. Or motivated by jealousy. Huh? Evil eye. Sihr. <coughs> Definition. Black magic. That would be the translation. Actually, you know what? Sihr is magic. magic. Yeah? The idea of black and white magic, both of it is haram in Islam. Yeah? For those who don't know, what, what is black magic? Black magic is when you do magic, you use supernatural powers, things that regular people cannot do. You have access to shayateen and what have you, and you're able to do certain things by the will of Allah, obviously. Um, and it is for selfish reasons. This is black magic. And white magic is what? Selfless reasons. You know, they say that, you know, these wizards and all of these people that they do all of these things for the benefit of, of <coughs> mankind. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that sihr has absolutely no benefit whatsoever. There's no benefit in magic. All magic is haram. Okay, so let's look at the, the word itself. There is a word that we know uh, that is connected in meaning to sihr. What would that? Suhoor. Very good. Suhoor. Now what is the connection between suhoor and sihr? The connection is this root word sahar. Sahar is that part of the night, the darkest part of the night, is known as Sahar, the last portion of the night. And suhoor is the food that we eat in Sahar. Okay? Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَبِالْأَسْحَارِ هُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ They seek forgiveness in the time of Sahar, the darkest part of the night. So why is Sahar, uh, um, why is this term used? Why this scene Hara? Uh, because the magician does things secretly. Hiddenly, right? It is all hidden and behind, uh, 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 away from people's mm. eyes. Mm. And this is why it is known as as sihr. Defined in Islam, um, ulama, uh, when we talk about the, the, the major sin, uh, the sihr, ulama define it as uh, either it is actions or words that are spoken actions such as tying knots we know that Rasulullah um, was affected by by magic and the person who did the magic on Rasulullah did what they took uh, hair from the comb of Rasulullah and tied certain knots so what they do Allah says those who blow in what in knots so they will say certain things certain words and then blow and uh, make knots so actions or words that are spoken, or things that are written, seeking to do what? To harm another person. 
right? And there is always harm. Even when you think there is some benefit, it is harm. There is no benefit. In the relation uh, to Sihr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, um, first the uh, Imam Al-Zahabi uh, says that the third major sin, Sihr. He says, because the magician has to disbelieve. Has to disbelieve. It is not possible or very unlikely. Very unlikely. There is possibility of a person doing magic without being in connection directly with shayateen. That is possible. Uh, but this uh, will be very... Uh, very small percentage the majority you have to be in touch with shayateen in order why because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانُ in surah al-baqarah sulayman did not disbelieve وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسِ السِّحْرِ but the shayateen the devils disbelieved and the cause of their disbelief is that يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسِ السِّحْرِ they are teaching uh, mankind or people magic so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala why does Allah say وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانُ وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا you have to understand that magic was present sihr was present even before the time of Sulaiman what happened is these people who were fortune tellers or magicians were in contact with the shayateen and shayateen did what? Themselves, the jinn, in Surah Al-Jinn. وَأَنَّا كُنَّا نَقْعُدُ مِنْهَا مَقَاعِدَ لِلسَّمْعِ they, they, they say that we, we used to have stations where we would sit in the heavens and listen to the angels. So Allah sends down information to the angels. And the, the angels are discussing this information in relation to the creation of Allah. What is going to happen? What is not going to happen? And the shayateen will do what? They will find stations or places in heaven and listen to that information and bring it down. And then they inform who? The sahir or the fortune teller or the kahin. And he records this information and he tells people a very small portion of it is true and there is a lot of added to it that is what khurafat just made up by himself. So the information that the shaytan brings is actually true. But why is that a sin for the shayateen? Because this is a matter of ghayb. And they are seeking to do what? Knowledge of ghayb. To get knowledge of ghayb. That is only known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And only shared with the angels that have uh, some sort of duty and responsibility. Allah doesn't share his ghayb with anyone and everyone. He shares it with the angels that have specific duties so that they carry out their duties. They do not know ghayb. They are only informed of it in the time where it is to, to happen. So this information that was taken from shayateen by the humans was collected in books. And people began to claim that shayateen have the knowledge of the unseen, which is untrue. Because what shayateen, the information that the shayateen are collecting, it is no longer ghayb because Allah has already informed the angels. Ghayb is before Allah informs anyone this is ghayb. 
But when Allah informs the angels, the angels are aware. And eventually, mankind is going to become aware of whatever the decision Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made. But they seek to get that information before it's, it's time. So they recorded uh, this and the claim was made that the shayateen know ghayb and by having a relationship with shayateen, you will have access to, to ghayb, the unseen. So Sulaiman gathered all of these records of Sihr and Kahana. Sihr is magic, Kahana is fortune telling. He gathered all of these books and he did what? He placed them under his throne. They were buried there. No one was permitted to access them and he discontinued the practice of or warned people about the practice of Sihr and Kahana, fortune telling and magic. After some time, Sulaiman died. The people who were aware of what Sulaiman had done in order to stop prevent uh, magicians and fortune tellers from deceiving people, they also at one point died. So shaitan came to a group of people and, and said to them that, you know, Suleiman had control over mankind and jinn. Yes, he did. Okay. How do you think he, ha he had that control? They said, well, we don't know. Uh, maybe Allah gave him the control. He said, no, no. He practiced magic. So they said, how? Suleiman is a Nabi of Allah. What is your evidence? He said, under his throne you will find documents that have what? The magic that was practiced by Suleiman So these people went, dug it up, brought it out, and made a claim that this was the doing what? The practice of Suleiman when Suleiman had no connection to it. Suleiman gathered it there in order to to prevent or to protect people from the harm of these documents. They were taken out with the claim that from Shaitan, uh, the claim that Suleiman practiced this. And this is the claim that the Yahud made. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah says, وَمَا كَفَرَ Sulaiman." He did not practice magic. He was not a disbeliever. See, Allah did not say, uh, Suleiman did not practice magic. Magic is kufr in the language of Quran. Suleiman did not disbelieve. The shayateen are the ones who disbelieved. They taught people black magic or magic. So it is not the doing of Suleiman. This is um, a verse of the Qur'an in relation to which Mufassirin have huge differences of opinion. And there is different ways of seeing this verse and we're not going to go into detail. But in general, uh, one opinion is that um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Babel is Babylon. Uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent and, and people in this uh, area practiced magic okay and they were they were uh, you know uh, interested by it and practiced it 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent these two angels, Harut and Marut. Some say they are not angels, they are human. Some say they are shayateen. But the strongest it seems like, because the text of the Quran points that they are angels. Some ulama say that the two angels mentioned here are Jibreel and Mikael. That the people who found these documents of uh, magic claimed that Suleiman was taught magic by Jibreel and Mikael. And this is why Allah just before he says what? قُلْ مَنْ كَانَ عَدُوًّا لِجِبْرِيلَ فَإِنَّهُ نَزَّلَهُ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِكَ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ That anyone who makes an enemy out of Jibreel, of themselves to Jibreel, this, this is what? Why? Because they claim that Jibreel taught magic and Mikal. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions those two. He says, مَنْ كَانَ عَدُوًّا لِلَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ Whoever is, makes an enemy out of himself to Allah and his angels, وَجِبْرِيلَ وَمِيْكَالَ And he specifically mentions Jibreel and Mikael. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَدُوٌّ لِلْكَافِرِينَ Then Allah is an enemy to the uh, deniers or disbelievers. Anyway, uh, some say that in this verse, uh, this verse points to, to those two angels, Mikael and Jibrail, and other ulama, and this is the majority, that say, no, actually, Allah is speaking about Harut and Marut. So Harut and Marut were given this knowledge of magic. But Allah says, وَمَا يُعَلِّمَانِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ حَتَّى يَقُولَ إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ فِتْنَةٌ فَلَا تكفر. They were sent with this knowledge to people. And they made it available to people. However, they would not teach anyone this knowledge except they said innama nahnu fitnatun we are a test we have been sent as a this information is not good for you this is, has been sent as a test it, it, it has been made accessible to you by allah but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want you to take it fala takfur do not disbelieve so someone may say well how is that um, how can it be that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, sends the angels with this information that is harmful for mankind? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created many things that are harmful for mankind, but he says, don't go to them. So if he, in his wisdom, destined that these two angels are going to teach people magic and warn them first by saying, and that is the statement of the Quran, uh, they do not teach anyone magic until they say they warn we are a test do not disbelieve okay then what do they what do they learn Allah mentions a specific type of magic not all magic they didn't come teaching all magic we said magic was already present before Harut and Marut. But from Harut and Marut, they will learn what? مَا يُفَرِّقُونَ بِهِ بَيْنَ الْمَرْءِ وَزَوْجِهِ A type of magic that causes what? Separation between a person and a man and his, his wife. This is um, the, one of the most practiced uh, sort of magic in our in our society, in the Muslim. Uh, but then Allah says, this is what they seek to do. They seek to separate husband and wife. 
But Allah says, وَمَا هُمْ بِضَارِّينَ بِهِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ وَمَا هُمْ بِضَارِّينَ بِهِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ Anyone who knows at the Arabic language will know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can use a verb and he can use a noun. You know, the, the example is uh, you say, uh, uh, I, in, in English it's very difficult to, to, to explain but if you use a verb in a sentence to describe something for example I am eating um, so there is a verb right eating in Arabic يَضُرُّ uh, for example يَضُرُّ Allah could say could say وَمَا يَضُرُّونَ Instead of using a verb, Allah uses a noun. Right? They cannot harm. And they use, the reason He uses a noun in order to emphasize the meaning and strengthen, there is absolutely no way they can harm anyone with it except by the will of Allah. And this is what Rasulullah taught us in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas. If mankind and jinn all gathered in order to harm you, they can only harm you with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written for you or against you. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَتَعَلَّمُونَ مَا يَضُرُّهُمْ They learn that which is harmful for them. وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ There is no benefit. This is why Allah has made it forbidden. Look at alcohol and gambling. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah says, Yes, alunaka anil khamri wal maysir. They ask you about alcohol or rather khamr, uh, wine, wal maysir and gambling. He says, Qul fihima ithmun kabirun wa manafi'u linnas. There is great sin, great harm, but there is also benefit. The person who trades and deals in uh, uh, wine, he is benefiting. There is some pleasure in it, in uh, consuming it. Gambling, the person who is winning he's he's benefiting so there is some benefit when it comes to magic allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says there is absolutely no benefit in it and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns that anyone who takes this they will not have any uh, um, anything with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in akhira meaning no access to to paradise Anyway, so these are the verses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسَ السِّحْرِ And then the shaykh, uh, or the author, rahmatullah alayhi, says, وَمَا لِلشَّيْطَانِ غَرَضٌ فِي تَعْلِيمِهِ الْإِنسَانَ السِّحْرِ إِلَّا لِيُشْرِكَ بِهِ Because Allah says, who taught sihr? Yes, harut and marut, but they are no longer here. Now who is teaching sihr? Who is practicing sihr? Who is facilitating sihr? Shayateen. What is the purpose? Are they doing it to, gain, to, to earn money? Are they taking anything from anyone? Yes. What do they gain? What do the shayateen gain? The human being who is practicing, yes, he gains money. <laughs> Leads to astray. What does the shaytan gain? He gains that you become a mushrik. That is the duty of, the job of shaytan is what? To take you away from? From Allah. So when the shaitan facilitates or engages with the magician or the fortune teller, he is doing what? He is only doing it not because of some sort of friendship or love or affection or care or loyalty. No, no, no. He wants to do what? 
take him to Jahannam. So the, the, the author says فَتَرَى خَلْقًا كَثِيرًا مِنَ الدُّلَّالِ You see many people, in, even in his time, many people practice this. مِنَ الدُّلَّالِ He calls them people who are misled. يَدْخُلُونَ فِي السِّحْرِ وَيَظُنُّونَهُ حَرَامًا فَقَطْ Many of them practice magic or get involved with magic thinking that it is only haram. وَمَا يَشْعُرُونَ أَنَّهُ كُفْرٌ And they do not understand or realize that it is actually disbelief. Why? Because having to deal with shayateen and you have to say certain things and do certain things, that will lead you to kufr eventually. So the sahir himself, the one who is practicing this magic, is what? In most cases, a kafir. Step by step, the shayateen will get him to do things, say things and do actions that are for example, sacrificing for other than Allah. We are only allowed, as a Muslim, you do what? You sacrifice, say, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. Sacrifice for, for Allah. Huh? Uh, what is, إِنَّ Allah says, that your prayer is for Allah, your sacrifice is for Allah. So you're not allowed to sacrifice for anyone. But the, the shaitan will tell you, sacrifice for so and so and for him and for her. In order for you to be able to, to do this magic, you have to take uh, a black hen and you know, sacrifice it here and say this name and that name and do this and do that. Okay, so either that or words of kufr or shirk will get the person to say and utter words. Um. So some of the examples that he, the author mentions, he says that um, there is a uh, sort of uh, magic that is done in order to increase love between husband and wife. And there is one that causes hatred between husband and wife. All of it is haram. And this is what we said. White magic, black magic, all of it is haram. Because it all involves, uh, uh, or most of it involves shayateen. And you are not allowed to get involved in this. Uh, so, sihr. Uh, and magic is a major sin. In most cases, the sahir is what? Is led to disbelief eventually. Maybe not in the beginning. You know, in the beginning they will do certain practices and what have you that are not uh, kufr. But eventually they will end up uh, practicing kufr. Okay. The capital punishment. Because major sins in Islam, when they affect another person, when they affect another person, then there is capital punishment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established this. This obviously would be implemented in the land of Islam where there is a Muslim ruler and where there is a Muslim judge. And where all the conditions are, are met. So in major sins, such as, let's say for example, uh, drinking of alcohol, this is a major sin. Rasulullah said, uh, uh, do not drink alcohol or, or wine, for it is the mother of all sins. Mother of all sins. Why? Because when you drink, your mind is veiled. And when your mind is veiled, then you can't differentiate between what is good and what is bad, what is sin, what is good deed. And you'll just commit all of the sins. But even then, Islam has not prescribed the what? A had or capital punishment for? For drinking. Why? Because you're not harming anyone, you're harming yourself. 
most cases. Mm. But when the sin is what? And the, the, the uh, when it is a major sin and it is what? Harmful to society, such as what? Stealing. You're taking people's belongings. Now, if you are stealing out of necessity, then the capital punishment does not apply. If a person is poor and they are stealing to eat and no, it doesn't apply. But when you are s stealing out, not, not out of necessity, this is your career. <laughs> You've chosen to not work where everybody else works to earn rizq. You are doing what? Going and taking what belongs to people. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the case of uh, zina, even in zina, the punishment, if you think about it, is not actually for the zina only. It is for committing the zina and having four witnesses. Who witnessed the zina? Now it's become what? Now it is not between you and Allah. Now it is harmful to society because out of those four, one will say, oh, yeah, well, if he did it, I can do it. If she did it, I can do it. And this will become now an illness that is going to spread in, in society, is going to impact society. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala applied, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, made it um, a, cap uh, uh, made a, a ca capital punishment for, for zina. And look, in all the other matters of Islam, witnesses are two. In the matter of zina, witnesses are four. So now, three is a group in Islam. Three people are a group. Yes? If, if a person wants to do Jumu'ah, minimum number is three. The Imam and three. So if you got four witnesses, now it is what? It's not one. It's not look if there's one person that comes and says oh i saw so and so do, committing zina the capital punishment is applied on him even if, if 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 it is true capital punishment applied on him two people come capital punishment allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they are liars even if they're truthful they're liars three of them come allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says punish them four now it is what group of people now it, it will affect society uh, in a negative way the person who uh, is a witness but only one and two and three why are they being punished are they being punished for lying no they could be speaking the truth but what are they doing they have taken something that is hidden and secret and made it known so they're committing the same thing and this is why their, their punishment is what? How many lashes? 80. 80 lashes. The one who committed zina, 100 lashes. The one who witnesses without having four witnesses comes forward, 80 lashes. Why? Because both of them are going to cause what? Fasad in society. Mm. So the capital punishment of uh, this major sin of magic is what uh, he says the punishment of the sahir is death for two reasons one is either he's a kafir disbeliever but that is not the reason he's been put to death it's because of the harm that he's causing see zina in the case of uh, 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 somebody uh, committing zina and they're being married. The punishment is what? Hmm? Death. Death. Yeah. Why? Because they have halal, and secondly, they are breaking up family. 
The one who doesn't have a wife, you say, okay, this person is not married. She doesn't have a husband, not, okay. But the one who is married is going to do what? The consequence of their action is, family is going to be... The sahir does what? He separates between husband and wife. Same thing. And this is why he is the capital punishment. It is not because it is disbelief that he becomes uh, punishable by death, but rather because of the harm that uh, he causes, he or she causes in society. In uh, a hadith Qudsi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wahhab ibn Munabbih radiallahu anhu says that I read in some uh, previous scriptures that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ana Allahu la ilaha illa ana. I am Allah, there is no God but me. Laysa minni man sahara wala man suhira lah. He is not considered from me. Meaning, not, will not be considered a believer. The one who does magic or the one for whom magic is done. So it is not only the sorcerer that is the magician that is in danger, but also the person who goes to him. Why? Because if you want something, you are taught to go to Allah. It is Allah who is in control. When you go to somebody who is another human being who doesn't have any control and you ask of him to do something to benefit you or to harm somebody else, you are attributing what? Benefit and harm to a human being. And Rasulullah said, Three people will not enter paradise. Mudminu khamrin. Uh, a person who drinks wine but excessively okay in our language an alcoholic without repenting obviously mudmin khamrin rahimin and the one who breaks the ties of kinship and the one who believes and accepts magic so going to a ma magician and believing in the nonsense that he is uh, producing or doing um, this is what um, what is the meaning of this hadith it is possible that this person will enter paradise eventually however they will not enter paradise from the get-go they have to be punished they have to be punished for that sin okay these three the one who breaks the ties of kinship Allah will not forgive the one who drinks excessively and is what mudminu khamrin and the third the person who believes. In another hadith, Rasulullah says that the person who goes to a magician or goes to a kahin, fortune teller, then he has disbelieved in what Muhammad has brought. Why? Because Muhammad has brought that benefit and harm is in the control of Allah. Ghaib is in the control of Allah. Everything is in the control of Allah. And this person is believing that benefit and harm is in the control of another human being or in the control of shayateen. Seeking to change the course of what? The qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I'm not happy that so and so is happy, you know, happily married with his wife. I'm not happy with that. So you are not happy with what Allah has destined. I'm not happy with it. Okay, so what do you want to do? I want to break it up now. So one is jealousy, that is of, of itself is a is a bad sin. But then acting in order to on that jealousy and in order to break family ties and break marriage and what have you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us what? 
They cannot harm anyone except with the will of Allah. And it, this is taught how and understood how that Rasulullah the best of mankind and the one who was always connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even when he was asleep, his heart was awake and connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was harmed by magic. Why? Allah made it a means of harm. Anbiya are not super uh, natural beings, right? Ayyub was harmed. Yunus was harmed. Yusuf was harmed. Rasulullah was harmed. And this was the means by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destined that Rasulullah would be harmed by magic. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Rasulullah was affected, because of the, the strength of Rasulullah because Anbiya are given a very strong uh, uh, mental uh, capability and that that uh, yes that physical strength is also uh, strong and also that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting the message so Aisha radiallahu anha says when Rasulullah was affected he would forget things and this is one of this the signs and symptoms of what sihr that a person begins to forget 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 so Rasulullah would forget and he would forget what that he was having intercourse with his wives. That he would think that he had intercourse with his wife and he actually didn't. So after some time, Jibreel came and told him and informed him that you have been affected. Go to uh, the well, so and so, and you will find that there is, you know, your hair there and knotted. And then he was given what? The surahs. Seeking what? Protection from the evil of the those who blow in knots. And seeking protection from the evil of the Hasid. Hasid. The jealous person. Why? Because it is jealousy that leads a person to uh, doing the sihr. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have taught us how to protect ourselves from uh, this type of um, from sihr uh, and, and that is by uh, being in dhikr why because shaitan cannot impact and, uh, or has uh, little impact on the person who is in a state of dhikr the problem is that the human being is cannot always be in a state of dhikr there's always a state of ghafla and negligence so rasulullah said Shaitan is sat by the heart of the, his, that is his position. He is by your heart. He's waiting. When you remember Allah, he turns away. When you are in state of negligence, you're not thinking about Allah. Then he does what? He causes waswasa. And this is when a person is, is affected. And ulama say that um, this magic and, uh, is, is more effective um, in, in times of extreme happiness, extreme sadness, um, you know, extreme joy, extreme sadness. And this is why Islam does not uh, permit uh, for a person to be extremely happy. You know? And Rasulullah was always, he, he had the, the middle ground. He would never be extremely, you know, he would never laugh. He would smile. Always conscious. Right? And he said, uh, um, in the hadith, he said, he warned from excessive laughter 
you meet your qalb, it kills the heart. Because when, when you are laughing, you are in a state of negligence. You can't be thinking of Allah and, and pa paradise and hellfire and be ah. No. You're what? Your mind is in a state of ghafla. So in a state of ghafla, shaitan can attack. Ida ghafla, waswas. So for that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger have given us what? Surah Al-Fatiha. That is what? The Ruqya. Ruqya, Surah Al-Fatiha. People want Ruqya. Oh, different parts of the Quran can be used as protection. Right? Uh, the manzil, the verses of the manzil, Ayatul uh, Kursi, the last, uh, the first few verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, the last few verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, Ali Imran, you know, many surahs can be used for, for, for protection. Okay? That specifically Rasulullah taught us to read the three quls in the beginning of the day three times, in the end of the day three times, so after Fajr and after Salatul Maghrib three times each in order to protect yourself. Right? Ayatul Kursi. But what you need to do is have firm belief in what you are reciting. The problem is that people uh, read all of these things and say, well, it's not having an impact. Do you doubt that the word of Allah is not having uh, an impact? It is not possible. It's you and I that have weak iman and this is why it's not having an impact. Sahaba would read seven times Surah Al-Fatiha, they will cure you from anything. Yeah? You read 70 times Surah Al-Fatiha, nothing will happen. You still have a headache <laughs> at the end of it. Why? Because your belief is, Allah deals with you in accordance to your belief and your expectation. Allah has not changed. His message, the Quran, has not changed. Right? It is we who have changed. So, taking uh, from the Quran uh, protection and the ad'iyah of Rasulullah morning and evening, if it is at the very, very, very least, three times, after every salah, uh, specifically uh, when you wake up, uh, after Salatul Fajr and after Salatul Maghrib. If you forget to do it after Salatul Maghrib, then just before going to bed. And teaching our children to recite. Surah Al-Fatiha, Mu'awidhatayn, Ayatul Kursi, and then the Ad'iyah, if you can read the Manzil, okay, or you have Hisnul Muslim and you know, other uh, books of Ad'iyah, you can, um, all, it will increase the protection, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, but uh, it has to be done with firm belief. Now we're left with one thing, uh, and that is, um, when a person is affected by by Sihr. Uh, um, there is a culture now of going to Raqis, right? And Raqi is the person who uh, cures, if you like, you know, the practitioner who recites Quran and all of this and removes Sihr. The truth is, look, in the time of the author, he says, فَتَرَى خَلْقًا كَثِيرًا A lot of people get involved in this business. That is the truth. So a lot of, if a lot of people are involved, then a lot of people are affected. Why? Because when iman decreases, jealousy increases. If you live in a society where people have a strong iman, then there is no jealousy. And even if by mistake there is some jealousy, 
then it will not lead to acting against the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to harm a person. Okay? But when Iman is weakened, and on top of that, protection is weakened, people are not reciting Ad'iyah, they're not reciting Quran, they're not even praying Salah, they're committing Haram, then it's a state of impurity. Then what happens, it becomes very easy for the magician to do, to harm people. So, yes, it is very uh, common. However, uh, it is important that when seeking, whether you are seeking to be diagnosed, in, in this day and age, everyone, anything that happens, there are certain people who have this thing in mind that anything that happens, it is, the first thing they will say is sihr, brother. Yeah? Possibility, we're not saying it's not. Possibility. Ain, brother. Possibility. Rasulullah says, the majority of my ummah die of Ain. Yes. However, when sihr comes, and Ain comes into play, and physical symptoms develop, then you have to treat those symptoms. You can't just do, do ruqya and expect those symptoms to go. Okay. Let's say, for example, a person, I've given you Ain. Now you've got a headache. Now that headache is what? Is the result of the Ain, the evil eye, where shaitan went through. But now it is a physical what? It is a physical ailment that has to be treated. Okay? Just because you read some verses of the Quran doesn't mean that the symptoms, the physical symptoms are going to disappear. They should be treated. So the way to deal with things is, if you have a problem in your life, you should not directly go to sihr and ayn. No. Try to understand it from a physical uh, uh, perspective. Right? So go get treatment go and see get diagnosed by the when there is no understanding we you don't know why something is happening there's no reason for it everything seems to be okay physically but there is a problem uh, now you look at spiritual remedy this is the correct approach not as soon as something happens automatically oh brother is sahran ayn why? Because now you're going to attribute everything to Sihr and Ain, number one. Number two, it will weaken your Iman. Why? Because you're always in a state of fear. Always in a state of fear. Sihr brother, Ain brother. Right? To the extent that people have this thing, they, somebody will give them to eat, they won't eat. Why? Sihr brother, Ain brother. Rasulullah did not teach us this. Did Rasulullah say that if a person seems a little bit, you know, then don't eat their food. Why? Because they're going to do Ain or Sihr. Nonsense. Your belief as a believer is what? They cannot harm you. And if Allah has prescribed the harm for you, you don't even have to eat. They will send it to you without eating. Because is not, there's many ways that magic is done. And the thing about magic is, it, in most cases, the magician requires, needs no contact, physical contact with the person he's doing magic on. There's no need for physical contact. Just a picture is enough of the person. Huh? Or, you know, they, they have a picture and, you know, that's it. Khalas, shaitan is doing their work. So they don't even need to feed you it, right? Uh, so how to deal with these things? If there are things that are happening in your life that cannot be explained, okay, from our physical, uh, materialistic uh, world, you cannot explain why these things are happening. Then there may be a spiritual reason. And so then you go and seek a Raqi. And you go and seek a Raqi that has a reputation. Not just a reputation of being effective. Because unfortunately some of these people who, are, who claim to be Raqi. And claim to be 
spiritual healers are actually magicians themselves. But they are doing what? White magic. Huh? They're doing what? White magic. They say, no, no, no. We only learn it and practice it in order to help people. But all of it is haram. All of it is dealing in things that you should not get involved in. Okay? Whether it is for selfish reasons or selfless reasons, does not matter. You are not permitted to deal with, with shayateen. Okay, having said that, now some, and it's important to talk about these things because um, uh, to have that information is important. So certain people who claim to be spiritual healers delve in magic, but they say we're doing white magic. It's not black magic. We're not doing it to harm people. We're doing it to benefit people. That is not permissible. Okay. Uh, there are certain, uh, there is the traditional uh, Raqi that you cannot be, that you, you're, you're completely, you can be completely comfortable with is the person who you go to and they just read Quran. Quran and the Ad'iyah. They don't mumble anything. Everything is recited out loud. Okay. They recite Quran, they recite Ad'iyah. You know, they can recite on water, they can recite on olive oil, um, ask you to apply any, any uh, olive oil or any uh, sort of uh, ointment or any sort of uh, oil, um, ask you to apply it. You know, they can recite on cedar or black seed or something of that sort. Um, honey, uh, things that are uh, known to be healing from the Sunnah of Rasulullah. Uh, now, this person um, is their ruqya will be effective, but it will only be effective if number one, they have. The understanding, because the matter of ruqya, the verses that are recited, are not all taken from a hadith of Rasulullah Some of them are from a hadith of Rasulullah For example, Surah Al-Baqarah. Okay, but some of them, it is what, through practice and uh, expertise, a person starts to realize that, oh, I can use this verse for this, I can use this verse for that, and so on and so forth. Because not all the Quran is healing. Because Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ Allah did not say all Qur'an is shifa. Yes, it is shifa in the sense that it removes kufr, it removes disbelief, it removes shirk. It will cure the heart from these elements. But in terms of uh, um, shifa, cure for physical elements, not all of the Qur'an is cure. Certain parts of the Qur'an is cure. For example, the Sahabi who recited Surah Al-Fatiha on somebody else, Rasulullah said to him, how did you know that Surah Al-Fatiha is cure? He didn't read anything. He read specifically Surah Al-Fatiha. And Rasulullah asked him, how did you know that that Surah is a, uh, is a cure? Meaning that the rest of the Quran, if that person had read anything else in the Quran, maybe that would not have cured uh, the ailment. Uh, so, uh, number one, the person needs to have expertise themselves. Number two, they have to only recite Quran and Ad'iyah of Rasulullah Number three, they have to be known at least to people for their piety. Why? Because if a person holds on to the Sunnah, then they are less likely to do something that is dodgy. Hmm? Okay. And then you have a third category of, uh, you know, people who uh, do this kind of healing, and they are those who... Um, who interact with jinns who are Muslim. Okay. Now this is a gray area. 
You can't say completely haram because Allah has forbidden the human being to be in touch with shayateen. Shayateen are disbelievers. Okay, Muslim jinn is not disbeliever. Rasulullah spoke to Muslim jinn. He gave them da'wah, right? They came and attended uh, uh, and listened and believed and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relates to us their, their conversation with their people and he says they're Muslim jinn, good people and they're calling others to, to Islam and their people to Islam. So uh, some people claim that they are able to do what? Get certain help from the Muslim jinn. Now this is a gray area because who's going to check? <laughs> Who can check? You don't know. You have to believe in what that person is, the practitioner is telling you, right? And you have no idea who that, unless, you know, the person is known, let's say, for example, he's Imam of the Masjid, everybody knows him, he's been Imam for, for a long time, he's known to people, practices the Sunnah, this, that, maybe there's a possibility that this person is doing something that is legitimate and okay. But even then, it's a gray area, because I come from somewhere and people say, oh, this person is very good healer, how do I know? How do I know he's speaking to a, uh, Muslim jinn or shaitan or I don't know so it's best to do what not get involved not get involved with anyone who has these uh, and generally these people they will not say things out loud they will recite certain things mumble certain things they'll have certain practices that they will do okay you know burn incense and all of these things um, so those have to be we don't say that it's haram we don't say it's unfair to sort of say they're all doing black magic and anybody who uh, does this type of thing is a magician. This is not true. Um, uh, you know, some of them could be uh, practicing something that is permitted in Islam, but because you cannot check it, then you can't see. So if you can't see, then avoid. Why? Because Rasulullah says that halal is clear, haram is clear. But in between, there are things that are, uh, they are ambiguous. Most people do not understand them. Uh, what should we do? He said, avoid them. Because if you avoid them, you're safe. Then the last thing is, uh, you know this, uh, what's it called? Ta'weez. Uh, ta okay, the big thing of ta'weez. Right? Rasulullah says that amulets are shirk and kufr. Okay? These are the ones that were worn by people before. Before the coming of Islam from Jahiliyyah, Allah knows what was written in these things, what was put in them, people will wear them and think that they will be protected from this and that. This is not permitted. Now, some of these things, and I have personally opened some of these things, uh, they contain verses of the Quran. Yeah, verses of the Quran, names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In relation to this, is it permissible, not permissible? Most scholars say it's not permissible. The Rasulullah said, don't hang anything, don't hang anything. You want protection, read Quran. That verse that you're going to put here, read it. <laughs> it's better for you. And this is the safest. Okay. The other is that uh, uh, there is a hadith of a Sahabi, uh, an account of a Sahabi that says that for children who could not recite, or who would forget to recite. What we would do is, we would write these verses of the Quran and put them you know, under their pillow or something like that, or hang them. Okay. So if a person is attained by some sort of sihr uh, or ayn or what have you, and the best way is to actually recite yourself. But if that person is not able to recite, they can't read Quran, 
They don't know certain surahs, this, that, what have you. Okay, there can be a number of reasons why a person, at times a person uh, 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 are in such spiritual state that they actually cannot recite Quran themselves. They cannot read Quran they, because shaitan has, has some sort of, uh, they are dominating them in a way that they cannot pray salah, they cannot read Quran, they cannot make wudu. Okay, for this person then, it will be uh, okay to wear uh, something that has only the names of Allah uh, or ad'iya or verses of the Quran but the best is to stay away from from it and Rasulullah taught us to do what? to read for protection why? because when you read for protection you are directly reciting Quran the word of Allah there is no one in between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you are seeking cure and protection from Allah but when you start to use these things you are doing what? Oh, let's go to him. He's very good. He's not so good. Oh, he's professional. He, he, his ta'weez is effective. <laughs> now you've taken it away from Allah. It's people who are doing. Okay, this is the problem. Huh? And on top of that, you are putting your faith and trust in somebody who can abuse that trust. And many, many stories of this. You know, people who have opened this ta'weez, paid money for it, and there's nothing inside it, blank. <laughs> And you're going around with it and thinking that it is benefiting you and, and all this. You know, they say that, uh, we'll end with this. Uh, somebody, a woman who had a fight with her husband. She had a fight with her husband and, you know, her husband just left home. Uh, I think this was in Egypt. Anyway, she went to some person who does this, you know, writing and all that. And she said, oh, my husband, he left home and I'm very, you know, he's been away for a few days now. And I'm sad and I want, I want you to do something, write something so for him to come back. So he wrote something and he put it, you know, they put it in, in a thing that you can't open and put wax on it and all of these nonsense. Anyway, he gave it to her. He said, put it in the pillow. Put it in the pillow. Within, I, I don't remember what this, the person who was saying the story, but, you know, maybe a day, two days, three days. The husband came back, came back home, everything normal. Allahu Akbar, very good. She forgot all about this thing that she placed in the pillow. One day when she was cleaning, she found this amulet. She said, you know what, let me open it and see so that if next time it happens, then I can do it. Yeah? So she opened it. <laughs> the person had written what? He wrote that whether he comes, or he comes, he returns home or he doesn't return home, I do not care. <laughs> Allah. And then she spoke to her husband and said, but I thought that I did this and because of this you came back. He said, no, no. When I left home, I was angry. I went to stay with a friend. And I, but then that friend asked me to leave. <laughs> he was going to travel away and I couldn't stay in his home alone. <laughs> so he asked me to go back home. So I realized that, okay, everything's calmed down. I'm going to go back home. So you see that at times, shaitan foods people. And the main thing is to have dependence on Allah, tawakkul in Allah, benefit and harm only comes from Allah. Cure only comes from Allah. And taking Quran, Quran is shifa. Quran is enough. You do not need anything else, right? Reciting those, the verses, blowing them in water, drinking it, washing with it, applying that uh, oil or what have you in the body. All of this, inshallah, will be a means of cure. And what is important is also to uh, maintain and continuously not to stop. Right. Once you start a treatment, you go all the way to the end, inshallah. What yes. Playing also in iPad, the surah in the house. 
Yeah, yeah. Reciting the surah. Look, Rasulullah said, recite surah al-Baqarah for the magician cannot cannot harm the person who recites Baqarah or the home where surah al-Baqarah is recited. Now, it requires what actively reciting. Islam is not, you know, people say, oh, okay, shall we play it? It's it's good to play it. It still have a good uh, impact. But, you know, uh, you have to pray salah. You don't tell somebody else, oh, brother, can you play, please play for me? <laughs> pray for me. Or you put just a YouTube video. In. No, no, you recite, <laughs> inshallah. Do we, do we have, is the ummah, some of our ummah, have the capacity or the knowledge who are being influenced by Sayyid in black magic? Do we have that capacity to know who is under this influence? Yes, Do yes, there is. There is a way of knowing because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it would be unfair and unjust for, for a person uh, to, be, to have an ailment and Allah not putting signs. So Rasulullah said that for every ailment, there is a cure. Some people know it, some people do not know it. For example, there is a family marriage, live together. Mm. And they are very happy. Suddenly, everything is upside down. And uh, how do we know? Because okay, how do you know is know that... inside their environment. Yeah, so... Is do that's a sayer? Yeah. The way the, way the person... This, this is why you need to go to somebody who understands or has studied these things. Right. So generally, what they will do is they will recite certain verses of the Quran on the person and there will be some sort of reaction. From that reaction, they will be able... So they will recite verses relating to sihr that has the word of sihr. For example, And they will repeat it. And then they look at whether this person, you know, there are certain things that will show, okay? Either they will faint or they start shouting, okay? Or they start sweating profusely. Or at times they start to cry. Uh, times they start to uh, historical uh, uh, laughter you know there is a way and at times you know you're able to see yourself they ask you to close your eyes and then they start to recite and you're able to see certain things and there's also the dreams that you have because this is a, 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 a spiritual illness okay it affects the ruh you know when a person does black magic on you it affects the ruh now the ruh when you are sleeping it is the ruh that dreams it is the ruh that gets uh, in touch with a different world. It moves around, right? So in your dream, if you see certain things like, you know, black dogs chasing, uh, snakes chasing, certain things like this, um, then th that is a symptom of sihr. But only the people who study this know, okay? And this is a knowledge that was not taught by Rasulullah okay? It has, although the, the cure is taken from Sharia, the knowledge itself is not from Sharia. Okay, the knowledge is based on the practices of people. Different people do different things and it works for them. And Islam has permitted it, you can do it, no problem. Okay, uh, as long as it is from Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah and you are not calling on shayateen or calling on saints or calling on falana or whatever, uh, you're only on asking Allah uh, to, to cure, inshallah. Okay. Shaitan doesn't have the power to do anything. But what Shaitan can do is play with you. Like uh, uh, my daughter being diagnosed with brain 
six months ago. And mm. usually, if someone comes and tell me, bring a cat, there's someone can transfer brain tumor from your daughter to cat. Mm. And I say, stop for a lot. Yeah, no, that, that is not permissible. Yeah, but I was in shock. Like, okay, yeah. how this can happen? You know, like, okay. Yeah. Allahu alam. Allahu alam. I, I do not know. This thing is kind of out of belief. It's nonsense, you know. If you ask me, you know, if if you it's say like that, shirk, yeah, yeah. No, not only shirk, it's not in their control. It is in the control of Allah. Nobody can transfer anything from anyone to anyone. It is from Allah. This is why Rasulullah said, "La adwa wa la There is no contagion. You know, you cannot say that. Oh, he has the illness because I had the illness, and we both shared the glass. No, that's not the reason. That's a means. Okay, that's a means. But that's not the reason. The reason is Allah wrote for him the illness and wrote for me the illness. Allah. This is the reason. Hmm. Yeah, when I was a, like a uh, school aide in India, you know, living in a village, and obviously some neighbor is to put something as a tabi. Tawis. When I come home, immediately my mom cut it off and put it in the pond. Hmm. Never, nobody in the children, you know, yeah. six siblings. Anything yeah. somebody put it, and these things they should be this is you know if you have any ta'weez or anything like that it should be burnt or it should be put in water with salt and it just you know the writing will go away the Quran about uh, alcohol is very clear mm. but there is in this society which we live mm. there's a lot of youngsters they believe that only Khumr is haram in Quran mm. but some other intoxicant drug toxic which is worse than uh, Khumr like for example Ashish mm. like uh, heroin mm. for example ecstasy mm. so many of them mm. which is even effect much stronger than alcohol in your mm -hmm. human body what is Quran what is you, you the reasons the reason for these things to be haram is the same reason that wine is haram so khamr but khamr is the bigger of the sins if allah mentions khamr then khamr is the bigger one okay and these other ones they are the same level some of them they will have categories but they will all be major sin like khamr for the for the same reason is that it they these things veil the mind right so it becomes um, not permissible uh, to to consume, uh, and yes, they, there is a claim that oh yeah, but I am. That's like the person who says I drink a few glasses and I don't get drunk. There's a lot of young But if it's haram, it's haram. One drop, one drop is haram. You know whether it gets you drunk or not. That's not the problem. <laughs> okay, Allah has made it haram, so it becomes haram. Likewise, all all other other drugs that veil the mind okay not any drug will become haram okay because now the, the claim is caffeine is a drug meaning that you get addicted to it and you have to drink your tea every day or drink your coffee every day now that does not have an impact of the khamr it does not veil your mind it does not affect your decision making okay and this is the problem with khamr is that your decision uh, making is affected uh, and it can be affected, you know, you can drink a gallon of coffee, nothing's gonna happen to you. <laughs> right is right, wrong is wrong, halal is halal, haram is haram. But drink a gallon of wine, mm, you start... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>